You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you Foxborough faithful. You are now locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. It is big game weekend and we are mere hours away from kickoff. Super Bowl 56, the Los Angeles Rams in their home stadium of SoFi Stadium taking on the Cincinnati Bengals for the right to hoist Lombardi Trophy Silver. And here on today's pod, we will preview Super Bowl 56, but don't forget, it's also Locked On Patriots, so we got lots to talk about when it comes to your favorite team in Foxborough, particularly the main man under center, quarterback Mac Jones. If we're talking quarterbacks, you know who's joining us, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But first, remember that today's episode of Locked On Patriots is brought to you by Get Upside. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. And of course, folks, it is Super Bowl week across the Locked On Podcast Network. And again, even though we are mere hours away from kickoff, Please be sure to check out some of the awesome content available throughout the Locked On Podcast Network here on Super Week. Brought to you by Get Upside. There is no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL Podcast. Locked On Bengals, Locked On Rams, those shows were in L.A. on Radio Row covering the big game all week long for the best. And I mean the best coverage you'll find anywhere Download, subscribe to, and follow the Locked On NFL Podcast, Locked On Bengals, Locked On Rams, all the Locked On Podcasts, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And once again, I thank you for joining me today and becoming locked into Locked On Patriots. My name is Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriot Maven of Sports Illustrated. I am also your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which of course is a proud of that great Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, your comments, your feedback, they're always welcomed. They're very much appreciated. So share that feedback. Send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. While you're out there doing some weekend wandering through that Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Pats fans, it is a little odd that your New England Patriots or Tom Brady or even Jimmy Garoppolo are not involved in this weekend's Super Bowl. Yes, Sony Michelle is going to be running the ball for the Los Angeles Rams, but let's be honest, it would be a real stretch to say that this Super Bowl has a certain Patriot flavor. And as much as all of us would love to see our favorite team from Foxborough battling it out in Los Angeles for the right to possibly take home the seventh Lombardi Trophy in franchise history... Tommy Lee Jones would say in The Fugitive, you know, I'm glad. I need the rest. And I think we're all Deputy Gerard right now in a lot of ways. As Patriots fans, we all want our team to win all the time. It's not feasible. And sometimes it's nice to watch a game without your anxiety levels raging to a fever pitch. And for anyone that cringes when I mention the words fever pitch, I apologize in advance. 
But this weekend's Super Bowl between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams will be a good game. Two solid quarterbacks on both sides. Matthew Stafford finally getting a chance to showcase what he can do for the Los Angeles Rams. And Joe Burrow really capturing the hearts of the country, leading the Bengals to the big game in only his second year. And not only does he have the prowess, he also has that swagger. So... Who has the edge when it comes to the quarterback battle? Who has the edge when it comes to the game in general? Well, if we're talking quarterbacks, there's really only one man that we can trust when it comes to talking quarterbacks. That's right. My good friend, the host emeritus here on Locked On Patriots, joins us for this Super Bowl preview episode. Mark Schofield of USA Today's Touchdown Wire joins me on the pod, and we will break down anything and everything related to the big game on Sunday. Who has the edge when it comes to the quarterback battle? Is it the Bengals with Burrow, or is it the Rams with Stafford? Mark will lend his quarterback expertise as only he can. And don't forget, folks, this is Locked On Patriots. As much as I love the shows, the Locked On NFL, Locked On Bengals, Locked On Rams, those shows are excellent, and they have completely crushed it this week. But you want to hear Patriots content, and we do have some Patriots content to share with you today. Last week, your quarterback, number 10 in the program, but number one in your heart, Mac Jones, had a pretty good showing at the Pro Bowl. He had a pretty good rookie season as well. What can we expect from him in year two? even though Josh McDaniels has taken his talents to the Nevada desert. Mark will give his evaluation on Mac Jones' rookie season and exactly how much impact Josh McDaniels' departure will have on him and his development, not just in 2022, but also moving forward. Folks, an action-packed agenda today, tons to talk about, and who better to share the microphone with heading into Super Bowl 56 than my good friend Mark Schofield. And as an added bonus, keep a sharp ear to the end of today's episode where I will be offering my Super Bowl 56 prediction. Going to be a fun one on the mic today here on Locked On Patriots. So without further ado, I prepare to welcome in my good friend Mark Schofield as we bless the reins here on Locked On Patriots when this Super Bowl 56 preview episode continues. Hey, Patriots fans, this is Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots podcast with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents off per gallon or more on your first fill up. Cash back, folks. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, all one word, for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back. And here's the best part, folks. There is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, your PayPal, an e-gift, Amazon card, other brands, just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. Patriots fans, there might be less football that's being played right now, but BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, 
boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Patriots fans, it is Super Bowl 56 week, and unbelievably so, it's coming to a close, but not before the big game itself kicks off this Sunday, SoFi Stadium, the Cincinnati Bengals, taking on the Los Angeles Rams. It's going to be a good game this Sunday. Maybe not a whole lot of cachet between these two teams or history, but these are two evenly matched, exciting teams. This one has the makings for being a very, very good Super Bowl. However, this is Locked On Patriots, and when you want the expert analysis, and I mean expert analysis, folks, on not only everything that's going on with the Super Bowl and the NFL, but also the intricate details of your New England Patriots prospects for 2022, who do you go to? You go to the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be wholeheartedly sincere when I say that this man is the excellence of execution. My mentor in this business, the host emeritus here on Locked On Patriots. If you haven't figured it out already, folks, that's right. Today, we bless the reins and we welcome back my predecessor, most importantly, my good friend, Mark Schofield. Mark, thank you for joining me here today. Welcome back home. Michael, it's always fantastic to be with you, buddy. It's always enjoyable to catch up before the show and after the show and see how we're both doing as well. And, you know, I always enjoy that. And that means a ton to me and always thank you so much for the kind words, man. The feeling is completely 100% um, mutual for me as well. And I'm just honored to be here and excited to catch up with you, my friend. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's always, always my honor, my privilege to catch up with you. I mean, Mark is one of those guys that has his hand in every aspect of this business. And every time he dips his toe into print work, you know, audio work when it comes to podcasting, video work, the man always delivers the top-notch content that everybody in this business, everybody who's a fan of professional football or college football, they want, they need. And really, it makes you a better fan just following you, whether it be Inside the Pylon, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, Pat's Pulpit, USA Today's Touchdown Wire. Folks, I'm just scratching the surface. The Sco Show, his uh, you know podcast, appointment listening, and of course, those of you that are Locked On Patriots loyalists, you know his voice very, very well, having taken the microphone here uh, for a number of years. And again, bud, every time I do this job, each and every day, I try to do you justice and I try to get this right in your honor. And that Toto poster is on the wall. That's never coming down. Always <laughs> you know that. my heart to see it, man. Always that is my heart always, always there. You know, we hang it right above Merce embroidered chair. And, you know, people are starting to come in and, you know, Claire's trying to come in, redecorate the place a little bit. But yep. that Toto poster is never coming down. I, I've told oh, them you, that you leave that, that is here. Out. Absolutely. That is here. And that is here for the duration. But, uh, you know, but bottom line, I really, I always appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join me here on the pod and coming back home and checking on the place. But especially in a dull week like this, Mark, I mean, there's nothing at all going on in the right. NFL this week. It's such a mundane week. Uh, so much time on our hands. Uh, buddy, it's Super Bowl week. Who would have thought? It really, this season has flown uh, from the time that, you know, we're all looking at draft profiles for 2021 and then the draft happens and then you get into 
training camp and mini camps and OTAs before that and then preseason starts and the NFL season just really goes by like a whirlwind and truly I'm not telling you anything you don't already know my friend there is no off season in the NFL it automatically from the time the last snap is taken there's always content there's always things to be pushed out and um we're going to start getting very draft heavy here on Locked On Patriots in just a few days but I wanted to have you on today to close out Super Bowl week to talk a little Super Bowl but but after all, this locked on Patriots. We have to give the people what they want, right? So um, the Patriots ended the season in 2021, 10 and seven, not too bad considering they're returning to the playoffs after a one year absence. And Mac Jones looked to be a solid quarterback, a solid choice, sputtered a little at the end, but Mac is definitely, I think, showing some promise. Um, heading into 2022, there is optimism once again in New England that I didn't see last season at the end of last season. Seven and nine, missing the playoffs. I think a lot of people were wondering, what are the Patriots going to do to get back to that level? Spent a ton of money in free agency, drafted Mac, and all of a sudden they rip off a seven-game win streak in the middle of the season, and the era of good feelings was almost back in Foxborough for a little bit. The end of the season didn't quite fill everyone with a lot of optimism, but there's starting to be that swell of, this team could be on the cusp of something big. Josh McDaniels heading over to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I know a lot of the fan base was happy to see him go, but bottom line, and Mark, you can speak to this as well as anyone. One of Josh's greatest strengths is developing players, developing players, young players, especially a quarterback like Mac Jones. And that's really one of his specialties. And I thought he did a phenomenal job with Mac's progression. Joe Judge comes in having played the quarterback position, and a lot of people are not that optimistic about what he's going to provide, but I've gone on record here a little bit on Locked On Patriots about what he might be able to do in terms of maybe even furthering Max development. Mark, you played the quarterback position, much like Joe Judge, much like Josh McDaniels. Um, you, I've called the quarterback whisperer here on a number of different occasions because you see things us mere mortals just don't see. What was your reaction to Joe Judge's hire? Um, do you believe that there's still a shoe to drop here, or are you more inclined to believe Ian Rappaport's report that the Patriots might be done? If, in fact, he is, what does this mean for Mac Jones's development moving forward? You know, in, in a way, I was sort of surprised that Joe Judge was going to be, you know, hired as an offensive assistant, and if the report that's come out in the past couple of days is to be believed and is 100% accurate that he's going to be, you know, offensive coordinator sort of in at least action, if not mm -hmm. in title. Um, now, having the benefit of a, you know, 24, 48-hour period to sort of think about things and reading the idea that, look, you're going to have increased responsibilities for Nick Cayley, increased responsibilities for wide receiver coach Mick Lombardi, and let's all forget they added, the Patriots did, wide receiver coach to Joe Judge's title uh, in his previous go-round with the Patriots. It, it seems like, you know, wide receiver coach is perhaps a stepping stone kind of spot within the organization in terms of advancing up the offensive side of the coaching ranks. And so, you know, you, you get a sense now that it's going to be a sort of committee approach, perhaps with Judge ultimately being the play caller. I thought in the initial reaction to this, you know, my gut feeling was they're still going to bring somebody on to be an offensive coordinator, whether it's a Bill O'Brien or, or somebody else. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like they're going to do that. And there's also Evan Lazar made the point that 
the Giants are still technically paying Joe Judge, uh, at least for another couple of months, under the status of his contract. And so maybe once that ends and we move into a new league year, perhaps then, you know, there's a uh, sort of promotion, in a sense, to, to, for Joe Judge to become, okay, now he's actually going to be our offensive coordinator. Um, or maybe they're just saying that he's an offensive assistant because the Giants are still paying him. And so they don't have to pay him sort of an offensive coordinator salary uh, mm-hmm. because he's sort of getting paid from the Giants. And so maybe that's what they're doing. But I also think that, look, Bill Belichick can tell us that, you know, it's about the best 11. It's about all 11 players on offense. And everybody from the organization, ownership on down, can say it's about the full 53. But we have to be honest that everything that the Patriots do, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, has to have one main goal in mind, and that's the development of Mac Jones. When you draft a quarterback in the first round, when you let him start as a rookie, when you have put the keys to the franchise in his hands, you have to do everything you can to develop him properly. And, you know, you look at, doesn't take long to look at Buffalo Bills, right? Everybody wants to know how did they develop Josh Allen? How did they get Josh Allen to where he needed to be? And sure, a lot of the work was done by Josh Allen in the offseason, right? The, the work with Jordan Palmer, the work on his mechanics, the improvements that he made. And Matt Jones is going to have to do some of that as well. And he talked about it this week. He talked about his diet. He talked about strength and condition. And he talked about all the things the Patriots fans have been talking about that we've been talking about, you know, improving arm strength, improving athleticism. Those are things that he can work on in the offseason. But something else that we know from Josh Allen and the lesson of Allen's development is that consistency with the offensive coordinator. And Allen talk, talked about that this week. Brian Dable sat him down and said, look, what are the plays you like to run? Then we're going to get those in the playbook. What are the concepts you don't like to run? Because if you don't like to run it, we're not going to call it. I'm not going to put it on the game script. I'm not going to put it on the game plan. Do you have confidence that Judge and Jones can build that kind of relationship over the offseason, over the next couple of months? Hopefully they can, because you need to have that kind of relationship, and you need to have that kind of consistency between offensive coordinator or play caller and the young quarterback to maximize the development and the growth from the young quarterback. So provided they can do that work and build that relationship, I think this can work. I would hope that there's stability around Jones in the sense that judge isn't sort of a what and done. The judge is going to be here for a couple of years so they could build that relationship so they can have that consistency around Mac Jones. If those things all happen, this could work. You know, but I think some healthy skepticism or at least, you know, some understandable and warranted skepticism is appropriate here. I mean, Judge, has he had success as an offensive play caller? Um, no, I mean, he hasn't. Um, but maybe he could do it this year and we'll have to see how it goes. But developing Mac Jones is pretty much job one for this organization right now, or at least 1B if you want to say, look, winning the Super Bowl is job 1A, fine. But Right below that is making sure you get Mac Jones to where he needs to be. Absolutely. And I completely agree. And look, bottom line, I think that uh, lends itself into another topic of discussion that's related to that. And that is Mac Jones's development on the field. And we know that coaching is such a huge part of that, Mark. And it always is uh, paramount to have stable, uh, you know, forces around you when you're in your formative years as a quarterback to be able to move forward. Uh, Tom Brady has often credited Charlie Weiss and the uh, influence he had on him early on in his career to be able to 
to help mold him into the type of quarterback he was about to become. With Mac now, it's going to be a little bit of a different circumstance because his initial offensive coordinator is now going to be uh, a head coach uh, with uh, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. But on the field, in terms of what Mac did this year in 2021, one of the uh, most common pieces of praise that Mac will receive is that he is an accurate passer. He's very good at running the type of system that the New England Patriots have loved to run all of these years. The timing-based system predicated on vertical routes, making the throws where they need to be made, where the receiver can catch them, and hopefully where the receiver can then take them and then do something with it, getting some yards after the catch. That's exactly the type of system the Patriots love to employ. Mac showed an ability to be accurate this year. There were some issues and some sputters at times, but overall, he seemed to be a very accurate uh, passer and someone that is able to complete passes at a high clip. Uh, we've heard the discrepancies on his arm strength or you know, some decision-making issues and things of that nature where he has received some criticism. Again, putting your quarterback whisperer hat on for just a moment, what have you seen in Mac Jones that leads you to believe this kid is ready to take the step, regardless of who is cultivating him in the coaching staff. And is there anything still that worries you a little bit uh, that Patriots fans might see a slight either regression or continue to see some problems heading into 2022? Well, I mean, I think in terms of the strengths and the stuff that he showed as a rookie, you pretty much hit the, the, the big one, which is that accuracy. And this was part of the book on Mac Jones as a prospect was – you know, he's a very accurate passer, puts the football where it needs to be, puts the football where it needs to be to maximize yardage after the catch, which, as you said, the, the Patriots, that's a foundational principle of their offense. It's sort of a, a stepping stone, a building block of what they want to do conceptually, which is maximizing yardage after the catch, turning five-yard throws into 15-yard gains. That's pretty much a recipe for success, regardless of level of football. And you see that. You see that on the field. You see that in the film. You see that. You know, with stats, you look at, you know, his completion percentage above expectation of 2.4 this year. That was well above league average. You see, you know, by other metrics, you know, like EPA per play was above league average. And when you sort of chart that stuff out, uh, as Ben Baldwin does over at runningbacksdontmatter.com, rbdsm.com, you see that upper right quadrant is where you want to be. And you've got quarterbacks like Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, Allen, Dak Prescott, Matt Jones right there in the mix with them. And so, you see things like that both on film and in the data that tell you that he played well, not just for a rookie quarterback, but for a quarterback in general. I think the way he handled the pocket for the most part uh, was very positive. I think he also showed, and I know that, you know, the, the, the buzzword is early in the season, the buzzword was four letters. It was a dot average depth of target. I'll get to that in a moment, but another buzzword right now with Mac Jones is ceiling. People are wondering, has he already hit his ceiling as a quarterback? And I think when you see what he did this year from an athletic standpoint, when you see what he did this year in terms of moving around in the pocket, extending plays with his legs, we all remember this was sort of one of the knocks on Mac Jones as a prospect. It was, can a quarterback, a pocket pass, or somebody with his, quote, limited athleticism, close quote, function in today's NFL? There were lots of debates about that. But I think he showed this year that there's a little bit more meat on that bone than perhaps we thought. You know, we had some moments where, he extended plays with his legs. He picked up first downs with his legs. He moved in the pocket. And we thought he'd be able to move around because of his understanding of protections and blitzes and things like that. Mm -hmm. But he showed that he can do it in a more athletic manner as well. And so I think the concept of ceiling, while a fair one, I think the, the way to look at it with Jones is that 
if you had an idea of what his ceiling was, I think you can raise that ceiling. You know, if you thought that his ceiling was perhaps a Kirk Cousins or a Jimmy Garoppolo pre-draft, I think you could extend that a little bit. You can raise that a little bit. And a lot of people said, well, could he perhaps be Joe Burrow? And of course, when the guy's playing in the Super Bowl, it's easy to want to make that comparison. But I think that's a that's an admirable path and goal for Matt Jones is to become a Burrow-type quarterback who has a little bit more athleticism than perhaps to give him credit for and now has to sort of add some things to his game. Now, in terms of what he needs to add, I think there are really two areas. And one is, yes, that arm strength, that velocity, that ability to make deeper throws, tighter window throws with a little bit more velocity on them. It, he, he doesn't need to become Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes in terms of arm strength, but I, I think he needs to add a little bit of velocity at the throws. He needs to get to a burrow or a, a burrow type level where, you know, those deeper throws aren't things that he's shying away from, which we've seen evidence of. Now, to his credit, in deeper into the year and certainly during that win streak you saw signs of him willing to push the ball downfield a little bit more but it's something that he's still balancing there are times when he wasn't willing to push it downfield so you need to be able to check that box and going back to sort of the protection stuff there were moments this year you know there are a couple plays against Atlanta for example that Thursday night game where he assumed things about protections up front and blitz schemes from the opposition up front that weren't true, um, that he got, you know, baited into taking sacks or giving up pressures because he assumed guys weren't coming when they actually were. And yes, defenses do deserve credit in those moments for constructing their simulated pressures in such a way to attack, you know, protection schemes. And they certainly, you know, DPs did a great job of that in that Atlanta game. Other teams did a very good job of that as well. So that's just a function of reps and, you know, experience and understanding, look, you know, just because it looks like, you know, pressure package A doesn't mean it's going to be pressure package A. It might be pressure package B or C. You've got to be ready, and you've got to be quick enough with your eyes to get to the edge to confirm what, you know, what's coming or what isn't coming, and then get to the route concept downfield. And so that's an area as well why I think he can improve. But in terms of regression, you know, I, I don't think there's anything absent sort of him deciding to take the entire offseason off that is going to lead to a regression. I, I think – provided he does the work that he needs to do and that he's acknowledged that he needs to do in the offseason, he'll be in good shape come training camp. Absolutely. Again, I think you make an interesting point, and I'm glad that you brought up the blitzes from the second and third level of the defense, because that seemed to be the buzzword right around that time, taking a page out of the Dean Pease handbook, essentially, and you mentioned the Atlanta game, about trying to keep him I don't want to say contained, but confusing Mac a little bit, giving him the opportunity to anticipate things about coverage that really either weren't there or weren't able to uh, to come to fruition. That's such an important part of, a, of the growth of a quarterback is to be able to pick those things up and to be able to then at that point put them into practice in terms of a way that you can combat them and conquer them. I think that's what he's going to be working on most diligently this offseason, especially uh, you know when it comes to you know, facing a, a team with a speedy, uh, you know, secondary or, uh, you know, speedy, volatile players at the linebacker position that can change direction an awful lot. It's exactly what the New England Patriots love to do on the opposite side of the ball on defense. Uh, if the Patriots do infuse a little bit more youth and a little bit more speed into their linebacking core, like Gerard Mayo said earlier this week, they want to do, uh, this could be something that Mac could see as early as training camp. 
all right, albeit there's not going to be the contact level or anything like that, but Bill Belichick will make sure to give the kid looks and make sure that he's able to pick it up this time and make that growth. But uh, those are excellent points. And once again, Mark, you know, it's why you're the quarterback whisperer here. That's why you're our resident expert on the subject. And you see things that a lot of us mere mortals just can't see. I say it all over again, folks, but it's just, it's true. And that's one of the big reasons why we love having him back here, back home on Locked On Patriots. But selfishly, I just love talking ball with you. And I'll use any excuse I can to be able to do it. Um, Mark, it is Locked On Patriots. And you've given us a lot of great Patriots insight, especially when it comes to the development of Mac Jones. But again, it is Super Bowl week as well. And we are contractually obligated. No, just kidding, folks. We're not. But we are somewhat obligated to our fan base to talk a little bit about Super Bowl 56. Two pretty good quarterbacks going at it. A good matchup in Los Angeles this weekend. Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals, Matt Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams. Who has the razor's edge in this one? Well, stay tuned because my good friend Mark Schofield and I will discuss this point and at least make one more total reference when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, you've often heard the phrase, often imitated, but never duplicated. And the only ones who could provide the best, healthy, low-calorie, and delicious treats to satisfy all of your snacking needs are the ones who provided the best in the first place. Built Bar. Folks, I am a fan of every product Built Bar puts out because no one can do it like they do it. 100% real chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and Built Bar is not only low calorie and low sugar, but it's also high protein and high fiber. Great for all of you following the keto lifestyle. Built Bar has no crazy additives, half the calories of its most popular competitors, and get this, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. All the mouth-watering flavors you know and love like peanut butter brownie, banana bread, salted caramel chocolate, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, and I'm just naming a few. So prepare your taste buds for wow and make Built Bar your go-to protein bar right now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the new promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Don't delay, do it today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's new promo code LOCKEDON20 at BuiltBar.com. Locked On listeners, when it comes to repairing or maintaining your vehicle, why would you spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? It's still possible to take pride in your ride and even save a little in the process. Visit my good friends at rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and they're delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brands, the specifications, and here's the best part, folks, the prices you prefer. rockauto.com's prices are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers just like you and me. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to put Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com
Patriots fans, once again, I am joined here by my friend, my predecessor, Mark Schofield, blessing the reins and closing out the week in style here on Locked On Patriots. And Mark, again, your expertise in this area is always welcome back here. I told you the Toto post is never coming down. There's a reason for that. It's not just because I happen to like Toto as well, but also because it's hanging here in your honor. And there's always that spirit of, of Mark Schofield here in the in the um, on the microphone whenever we uh, get a chance to talk ball. Super Bowl 56, mere hours away at this point. And the Cincinnati Bengals are definitely the Cinderella story. I say that because the Patriots re-signed practice squatter Bill Murray earlier in the week. I'll take any opportunity I can to drop Bill Murray lines in. Um, But uh, that really kicked off, I think, a lot of fans throughout the country being betwixt and between by Joe Burrow and the job that he's done this year and being able to lead his team in only his second year as quarterback, really developing such a great synergy with Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon running the football, uh, the defensive side of the ball, the Cincinnati Bengals are capable of beating you in that way too. They kind of snuck up on some people, but a lot of people are taking notice. The LA Rams, on the other hand, this team was stacked from stop to bottom from the start of the season. You know, you can run down the list of players on the defensive side of the ball, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald on the offensive side of the ball, Matt Stafford, uh, you know, Cooper Cup, um, you know, just and then you add Odell Beckham Jr. into the mix. This team was built for this moment to play in this game. Ultimately, this one may come down to quarterback play, and each team has a very, very good quarterback on either side. Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals, Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams. You, again, are our quarterback whisperer, so we're going to stay on that subject. In your opinion, who wins the quarterback battle on Sunday, and is that going to be the deciding factor in who wins Super Bowl 56? You know, with respect, Mike, to the the battle or the quarterback battle between Burrow and Stafford, I think that, you know, these are two very good quarterbacks who have had very good seasons. You know, I, I look at what Stafford has done this year with the Rams and how he's sort of unlocked that Sean McVay offense with, you know, pri- with Jerry Goff, it was primarily, you know, under center play action heavy, you know, reliant upon play action to put Goff in a position to be successful. Three level reads, often off of boot action, but not always, and trying to sort of give Goff just one side of the field, one area of the, of the field to read out. With Stafford now, McVay's gone with some empty stuff. They're spreading it out a little bit more. You know, you certainly see a huge increase in production from Cooper Cup. And so Stafford's had a very good year. I think what's really impressed me most about Burrow, though, is his ability to play under pressure. And throughout this entire postseason run, sort of the can the Bengals protect Joe Burrow against the Raiders, against the Titans, against the Chiefs, now against the Rams, has been a pretty big topic of conversation. But I've come to the point where, no, they're not going to be able to protect him, but it might not matter. You know, I know they've got Aaron Donald. I know they've got Leonard Floyd. I know they've got Vaughn Miller. But we're talking about a quarterback who in the regular season posted an adjusted completion percentage of about 75 when he was pressured, according to Pro Football Focus, which was top 10. In the postseason, that's gone up to 79.2. He has been the best quarterback in that metric the entire postseason. And he's been pressured at an absurdly high rate. He's been pressured on 45 snaps. Now, yes, he's played three games. Matthew Stafford has played three games. He was only pressured on 31 snaps. He's also been sacked 12 times, and yet here they are in the Super Bowl. So I've kind of come to the conclusion that, yeah, the Rams are going to get pressure on him, but it's not going to matter because of how well he's played this year when pressured. And so 
because of his ability to perform well when pressured. And Timo over at PFF just dropped a piece talking about, you know, we mentioned completion percentage over expectation. Burrow, when pressured this year, his completion percentage when pressured this year is a positive number. Stafford's is a negative 10. You know, his completion, percent, his completion percentage drops when he's pressured. Burrow's actually goes up, at least in terms of the expected completion percentage. And so I think Burrow, in a way, has the edge of the quarterback battle. But that, honestly, might not be the matchup that determines this game. I think the matchup that probably determines this game, there's two. There's Cooper Cup versus Mike Hilton when the Rams have the football. And then if we get that sort of heavyweight bout, Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey when the Bengals have the football. Mm-hmm. That might, those two matchups right there might be more critical because, you know, if the Rams can sort of take away Jamar Chase, you know, through Jalen Ramsey and force them to do other things in the passing game, particularly if they do it out of single high coverages where you can just, because the Bengals love to put Chase isolated on a three by one to his own side of the field and give Burrow the opportunity to take that matchup. He's run 214 routes this year as an isolated receiver, which is sixth most, I think, or fifth most in the NFL. And so if they can take Ramsey, put him on chase in single high coverages, and then play the numbers advantage to the backside or to the front side of the concept, that's going to be huge. Because what happened was teams would stay maybe too high, and then you've got a single receiver in chase with the safeties at one side of the field as well as the corner. Now the Bengals have a numbers advantage backside you know, with that too high look. But if they can go single high and even out the numbers to the three receiver side, that will be huge. And so I think, yeah, to answer your question, Burrow has perhaps the edge in this matchup from the quarterback standpoint, but whoever wins those other two matchups, whether it's Ramsey and Chase or Cup and Mike Hilton, that, those might be the matchups that determine this game. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think in a lot of ways, people are overlooking, and we all get caught up in it. You overlook the defensive matchups and the strategies between an offensive skill position player and a defender, most likely in the secondary, uh, because you look at it as a head-on-head quarterback matchup. I agree with you. I think that Joe Burrow does have the edge uh, simply because of the pressure statistics, and I'm glad you brought those up, and I knew you would. That's why I asked the question, uh, and you explained it you know, perfectly better than I ever could, and and that's one of the things that, uh, that I I think people will uh, will enjoy uh, about this game and watching the way these two quarterbacks react to the various defensive looks that they're going to see in this game. I like that you brought up Ramsey and um, and Chase. I think that is going to be an interesting matchup, and also that places some interesting, uh, you know. Uh, light, I would say, or really, I think uh, maybe a little bit more spotlight on guys like Darius Williams, Nick Scott, Taylor Rapid, guys, the other guys in that secondary uh, for the uh, for the Rams in terms of how they're going to cover and what they may do if the Rams try to take away Jamar Chase as the primary weapon. And you know, Sean McVay and that staff are definitely going to try to do that. Mark, we've arrived at the moment of truth. A uh, little Cobra Kai reference there for those of you that caught that. Uh, but uh, in any case, uh, yeah, check out my timeline. You know, I'm becoming pretty much obsessed. But uh, in any case, uh, we've arrived at that moment. And it's time to make a prediction in terms of the action we're going to see on the field. Uh, to close out the pod today, I'm going to give my thoughts, my uh, reaction, and my uh, you know prediction for Sunday's game. But uh, if you will indulge our listeners here on Locked On Patriots, uh, what do you expect on the field in terms of action from both of these teams? And who comes out on top? Who will reign supreme on Sunday night as uh, Super Bowl 56 champions? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, Mike, everything we just sort of walked through, everything I sort of walked through with how Burrow has fared under pressure this year has pushed me to just cast in my lot with the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, if you were to sort of sit down and say, um, you know, who has the edge up front on the offensive line? It's Los Angeles Rams. Who has the edge up front on the defensive line? It's the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, the Rams have a lot of things they can point to when they say, yeah, we're going to win this game. But I come back to how well Burrow has played under pressure and the fact that perhaps the Rams' biggest strength is their defensive front. Burrow has seemed impervious to pressure this year. He has seemed to sort of ignore it. And it's, it's interesting, you know, in, in trying to think about this game and writing about this game this week and, you know, and then sort of stepping away and, you know, just sort of living my life. I've been rereading Dune by Frank Herbert, right? And Dune, the movie was fantastic. Just nominated for, you know, uh, an Oscar for Best Picture. And I thought, look, you know, it's nice to sort of step away and revisit a game and it'll be fun and, you know, whatever. And I was reading it the other night and I came across this passage that I had forgotten about the first time I read it. It's a a quote. um, The mind can go either direction under stress, toward positive or toward negative, on or off. Think of it as a spectrum whose extremes are unconsciousness at the negative end and hyperconsciousness at the positive end. The way the mind will lean under stress is strongly influenced by training. Close quote. Joe Burrow is certainly trained for this moment. He is certainly trained to handle with stress in the pocket. He is trained to handle the stage of a big game, whether it's, you know, a game in Tuscaloosa, Alabama in 2019, two of the top teams in the nation that was such a huge moment in that time you had the president of the united states in attendance it was that game with a massive game and i think anybody that has done draft evaluation work has probably watched that game upwards of 50 times because of the players that were involved in that game that went on to be drafted early in the draft whether it was a tuatunga Bailoa, whether it was a devonta smith a Jalen waddle a henry ruggs uh joe burrow Clyde edwards alaire i mean just Jamar Chase, the players that were in that game, you watch that game thousands upon thousands of times. You know, then going on and winning the national championship in college, and now in his second year in the NFL playing in the in the sports biggest game. And so, I keep coming back to what Burrow has done this year and the way he's come back from that injury and how he's played under pressure. And I just can't find myself betting against him. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Bengals win this. I've got 27-24 as a final. Can the Rams win this? Oh, absolutely. Are they favorites for a reason? Yeah, you're darn right they're favorites for a reason. But I keep coming back to what Joe Burrow has done under pressure this year. I think he's going to find a way to win this game. Yeah, I mean, just when you think these guys are not going to be able to advance any further, they're able to take out Tennessee. They're able to take out Kansas City. They weren't favored in those games either. No one expected them to be able to make those moves and get to where they are, but yet they're doing so. And uh, I'm sure you made uh, uh, Solomon Wilcox, former Bengals safety, very happy. Solomon was a guest on the show here on Locked On Patriots earlier this week. And of course, he's going with the Bengals, uh, you know, deservedly so and rightfully so. Um, I think you might be on to something. And I think you make a lot of great points, Mark, as you always do. My friend, what can I say? I thank you for indulging me and allowing uh, you know me to be able to talk football with you on this eve of the Super Bowl here on Locked On Patriots, folks. Once again, Mark Schofield is one not only one of the brightest minds in the business, one of the most accurate and detail-oriented minds in the business. He's also one of the great guys in the business and one of my true honors in being able to work in a realm such as this is having great friends such as Mark. And Mark, I hold you in the highest regard, both as a friend and as a colleague. 
please, for the benefit of our listeners, let everyone know where they can find you, where they can interact with you, and what you may have coming in the, the days and weeks following the Super Bowl from the great pen and the great voice of the excellence of execution himself, Mark Schofield. Well, Mike, it's always a blast to come back. And I, I say this every time, and I truly mean it. I, I'm just so proud and overjoyed to see you know, what you've done with this show and the success that you've had and the growth that you've had and really the growth that the Locked On Podcast Network has had. I mean, I saw the numbers this week, over 115 listens, 150 million listens and, and YouTube views this year. It's just tremendous to see you've got guys out now on Radio Row and, you know, to grow from, you know, its humble beginnings to now being an accepted member of the sports media community. I think it's just fantastic to see. And I'm so proud of you and all the men and women over there it's just fantastic fantastic to see um as an alum but for me you can find me on the bird app at mark schoolfield um usa today touchdown wire a bunch of places over at sb nation but uh you uh, my twitter page uh, at mark schoolfield is the easiest way to keep up with everything absolutely and again folks whenever he puts pen to paper voice to microphone it's appointment listening it's point click learn enrichment material you'll be entertained you'll be informed what more can you ask for uh i'll tell you what more can you ask for could be able to call this man a friend and thank you for the kind words about the locked on podcast network especially about locked on patriots but i'm truly humbled to be a part of this network and uh i uh, am truly uh, you know grateful to all the great men and women who have helped me in my career you're at the top of that list, buddy. And uh, I, I, I just have nothing but, uh, but love and respect for you. And we look forward to having you back here on Locked On Patriots to talk ball very soon. In the meantime, please continue to stay safe, stay well. Most importantly, bud, enjoy the game on Sunday. You too, my friend. Patriots fans, it's almost time to bring you right up to kickoff, but not before I offer my thoughts on Super Bowl 56. And you just heard the wisdom, the counsel, and the expertise of Mark Schofield and what makes him so great, folks. Always in awe of his ability to break down plays, break down offenses, defenses. The guy can simply do it all. To say that I concur with Mark would probably be an understatement. Pretty much agree with mostly everything he said. I also agree that the key to the game is going to be how the Bengals are going to be able to handle the Rams' defensive front. Mark mentioned a lot of this coming down to Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase and going back and forth in a battle that I think will really dictate the tempo of both teams. But the question is, is whether or not that Bengals' offensive line can block Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. The Bengals' offensive line has been their Achilles heel all season long, especially the right side of it. That's going to make it very difficult, and it's going to make it very important for Joe Burrow to speed up the clock, get the ball out of his hands quickly. I look for a lot of quick throws from him. That's something Burrow did in the second half against the Chiefs, not so much in the first half. So look for them to start and start quickly. As for the Rams, they're going to have to get after the Bengals' defense as well. I'm looking for Matt Stafford to get out to a quick start in this. Pete Prisco of CBS Sports said this earlier this week, and I completely agree with him. The Bengals are probably going to try to do exactly what they did against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Drop eight, change up their looks, confuse the Rams. In order for the Rams to counter that, they're going to have to use their running game. They're going to need to use Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, try to move the ball downfield, and use the running game to open up play action. If that's the case, then I see Matthew Stafford taking shots downfield, look to find Cooper Cup, maybe even OBJ gets a big player too. 
Ultimately, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. I think both of these teams are built to score, and they're going to have that Cobra Kai strike first mentality. And to me, I think this one could come down to whoever has the ball last, as Solomon Wilcott said earlier this week on the pod. All week long, my head has been telling me the Rams take this one. They have the names on both sides of the ball. They've got the experience in this game. And at the end of the day, Sean McVay is coached in the big game. But Zach Taylor has done a tremendous job with this team. The Bengals are still very young. They're very talented. But Zach Taylor's leadership has this team believing. And ultimately, Joe Burrow under center and the confidence that he exudes is helping this team play even higher than their expectations. Because of that, I'm going with Mark Schofield on this one. My head is still telling me the Rams, but my heart tells me the Bengals, and I'm going with my heart on this one. I think they use that heart to pull out a victory, a close victory, at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. I believe the Cincinnati Bengals will take home the Super Bowl 56 championship by a final score of 34-31. to So there you have it, Patriots fans and all of Locked On listeners. Thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and also your first listen every day. Remember to download, subscribe to, and follow the pod on platforms such as Spotify, the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure that you are staying locked in to Locked On Patriots. And on February 22nd, Locked On Patriots joins the squad. We are joining YouTube on that day. Look for information all next week long. Locked On Patriots is looking very much to bringing you a video podcast in addition to the audio available each and every day. So be sure to check the YouTube page and also pre-subscribe so that way you do not miss a single second of the action. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my good friend Mark Schofield for his time, his insight, and his appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you all so much for listening and for remaining locked into Locked On Patriots and remaining a Locked On Patriots loyalist. Until Monday, Foxborough faithful, stay safe, stay well, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Have a great day and enjoy Super Bowl 56.